great future. We're talking real money. Welcome to the show that's all about your dough, and we try to help you do better with it. Uh, if you have some questions about money and how you can make it work better for you, how you can invest it better, how you can save it, how you can avoid being ripped off, how you can build the right income stream in retirement, all that stuff and more at 855-935-TALK. I'm Don. That's Tom. And we're here every Saturday doing this on the radio, and then we're doing it all the time as a podcast available on major podcast services everywhere. So check it out. Yeah. Coming soon, interview with Jill Schlesinger. Well, coming sooner, coming sooner. Ah, the great Herb Weissbaum with Herb about my travel problems. (laughs) Yeah, this is this is this this upcoming this upcoming Mm. podcast is uh, is Tom's selfish attempt to take care of himself. (laughs) Pry some money out of somebody. Yeah, he is just (laughs) probably not going to work. This is Tom's unhappy rant. Yeah, and we well, allow him Herb, those once Herb in a while. Herb took it with a smile, yeah. so it's good. Yeah. Well, Herb, he, for some it. reason, Herb likes you. I don't know why. <laughs> he does. Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number. Give us a call, and uh, just for a moment, we want you to think about this for a minute because <laughs> there are a lot of you who don't realize you don't even realize that you have an old four hundred one k or four hundred three b floating around out there somewhere from a job you had in your 20s. You may have been contributing, and it's an orphaned 40-something-something or a 457 or a 40-whatever. And those accounts that are sitting out there, maybe not doing what they should be doing. They may be growing, but they're probably not doing as well as they should. These things can be saved. Indeed, they can. Um, And you could do something called a rollover. Which is moving money from one Which of those Which is what we're trying to teach the plans. puppy to do. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Uh, roll never worked with my dog. Of course, it's a 100-pound dog. You can't roll over that easily. Uh, move from the 401-something or 403-B-something to an individual retirement account. Now, there's some things to consider. Number one, you're right. You should never leave these things behind, in my mind. Uh, they either should move to your new reti- employer-sponsored plan or into an IRA. Right. And you don't want to take it as a distribution. I oh, see no, 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 made. no, 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 no. Then you, you like end up withholding taxes. 20%? No, not doing that. We're simply moving it from one retirement qualified account to another. But here's a few. Th- once you move it to an IRA, I read this once and I thought this was spot on. It's the Wild West out there. At least in an employer-sponsored plan, you may have lousy funds. They may have some fees you don't know about, but the, generally the investments are safer. Generally, once you and we talked about you talked about this on the podcast yesterday. Yesterday, the Sometimes gold IRA. To, yeah, you move it to the gold <sighs> IRA, and you wake up one morning, and the only gold left is in the guy's pocket who stole it from you. Um, so it is the wild west. So you got to know about the fees. For example, if you're going to move it and hire somebody to do that, or buy an actively managed fund or whatever, it could be expensive. That's something to know. You need to know about the options uh, in the plan if you're going to keep it there, which I do not recommend. That's what the article talks about. It also talks about that how most of the plans, the the options are limited because and that's true they don't usually have some of the asset classes we want you to own right that's a problem here's another problem if you leave the money behind and you're retiring it's oftentimes to get it's harder to get money in a 401k into your pocket than it is from an IRA it's just harder the mechanics of that are more difficult so my personal take on all this stuff don is you should people should have one pre-tax retirement account one post-tax retirement account like a Roth 
and one taxable account. That's it. You start getting all these other ones, it's hard to keep track of what you've got. It's hard to rebalance. It's hard to take care of. And, yes, I'm aware of the fact, and the article does point this out, that your money generally is safer in a 401K type of employer-sponsored ERISA plan than it is in an IRA if you have creditors chasing you around. Generally, okay, yeah, not if always. you have creditors chasing yeah. you. That's a, that exactly. big, you know, I mean, really, when it comes right down to it, how many good savers and investors have True. creditors chasing them down? This is this Especially is, for retirement This accounts. is one of these yeah. worries that is overblown. Yeah, I agree. And, I think you're right. But the other thing, you, you, you didn't – I think you – Working people should probably have four accounts. They should have the single 401k or 403b they have at their employer. Yeah. Then they should have a Roth IRA for money over and above that and a regular yep. IRA possibly for money over and above that and then the taxable account. So that and can be four. here's a reason to consider that or not consider it. If you have a regular IRA and your income gets too high, then it's harder to do a backdoor Roth IRA contribution because then, remember, you've got to move a pro rata amount of the money from the That's IRA true, to the Roth and pay again, tax. It's a good problem to have in yeah, some ways. Yeah, it's really then, a great oh. problem to have. Uh, so that's for people who are very high bracket people. And when you look at the percentages of the population that are those people, they're they're very well, low. Still, and still only half of us save anything. So we want you to be a saver, but we also don't, and you're right, there, we find people all the time who say, yeah, I used to work for this guy. Do you think the money's still there? Yeah, the money's still there. But, but you, you have said, to, you really need to go properly. get it. You yeah. need to go mm-hmm. get it. Uh, 855-935-TALK. Do you have a lost 401 something or 40B, 403B something? Give us a call. We'll try and help find it a home. We'll get it adopted. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Because it's really important. So give us a call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And Bob, thanks for waiting. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Bob. Hello. Hi, Bob. Can you hear me there? Yes, Hello. sir. My question involves uh, determining cost basis for some old legacy accounts. My mother had created a, uh, a trust, uh, irrevocable trust, um, and... So basically, there's, there will be no stepped-up cost basis uh, for some legacy accounts. Some date back to the late 80s, early 90s. They were individual accounts, and then they were consolidated with Edward Jones and then transferred to Fidelity. So I've got the Fidelity uh, basis, and I've got some of the pre-basis, but I don't have the Edward Jones, and I've tried to contact them uh, with no luck. Do you okay? You, what you need for a cost basis is the original price paid. You don't have to know the prices along the way. So uh, were well, were these stocks purchased elsewhere and then moved to Edward Jones? Yes. Yeah, Do you they're, have they're the price? They're mutual funds, and there's quite a variety of them. Oh, well, then you don't even care about Edward Jones or any any of the brokerage firms. You can get the historical pricing from yeah. the mutual fund company itself. Okay, and then, so basically I have to go through line by line with each, uh, with, with each 
only the original price. How, how many? Me. How many? How many funds are we talking about? Uh, seven or eight. Oh, it's going to be a whole lot less work than trying to get people to look them up at brokerage firms. Which they may or may not do anyway. Yeah, I I would just go back to the funds because they'll have a record. The fund keeps a record of every shareholder. Even though they were purchased through a brokerage firm, the funds themselves are are, are custodied by the mutual fund company. So they have all the original transaction records. They can give you is it all, is it a bunch of different companies or is it all one company? Yeah, it's a bunch of different companies. Which which mutual fund companies? Well, American funds. I actually have the information. There's two. There's two okay. of them, and then there's a Templeton. There's a John Hancock. Um, yeah. They're around. Yeah, this should, this should all be really relatively easy. The only trick is going to be you're going to have to either. Just talk with them online through the chat function or the email function of their website or wait on hold forever because most of them are short-staffed. But they will be able to go back very quickly in their computer and go, on blank date, she paid this amount for for this fund. And that will give you your cost basis. The transactions that occurred along the way... Unless it was a new... If if they were just moving them from one custodian to another, it doesn't matter. There's all the dividend and capital gains reinvestment. So, so my valuation now is right. the original purchase. They can send the capital gains, they can send you a dividends, state. and then the increase in value. They can run a statement of all that too, if you need that. Which I don't think you need because all you're going to need is where you ended and where you started. Yeah, but I, yeah but that's I will true. Need you to need know all of yeah. the cost, all, all the, the costs that. You know, essentially. Yeah, because you're going to have costs along the way for those reinvestments. On the yeah. Gains and dividends. Yeah, you're going to need to. Ah, yeah. yeah, you're going to need to know those. Yeah, you'll need to know those. But again, they should be able to run every one of these fund companies. One of the big advantages to mutual funds is that all of that data is housed at the mutual fund company. You don't have to go through and try and recreate all that. And if you move, I think if you move those to a new custodian, they may be willing to help you find all that out as well, possibly. So, for example, if you opened an with account stocks, at Schwab and they moved would. that over. With stocks, yeah. they would. But with funds, with funds, funds I know. think they'd send you back to the uh, to the fund company to the because they're the custodian. They're actually the custodian of the True. fund itself. Yeah, they do hold it. Yeah. Shouldn't be that much. It'll be some work, but it shouldn't be that much. And, and by the way, Ed, if Ed's listening, call us because I'm worried if he's closed. Ed Jones? He said Ed, Ed Jones wasn't answering their phone. So if you're listening, oh, Ed, would give us a so, ring. Just let us know everything's okay. So many people don't. Worried. Nobody answers their phones anymore. Ridiculous. No, they don't. Yeah. No, it's uh, crazy. Eight five five. I like phone calls. They're fine. I, I, I put, actually answer mine all. You're the time. really good about it. Yeah, but just, I think it's awful. Not you're to. not always in the studio. Plus, That's nobody should be point. calling me. Eight five five nine three five. Talk, Craig. You're up next. Welcome to the show. Hi there. <laughs> you there? Yes, sir. We are. Hello. We're listening. We're listening okay. intently. Hey. Well, a little over a year ago, at Tom's urging, many of us went out and bought I bonds. <laughs> no, that was me. It's now tax time, <laughs> and uh, I've done some research to to find out that they the IRA they do not send out a ten ninety nine each year on I bonds. Oh, no, nope. and nope. only when you cash in them in, I guess. Now. The income, I, the I income, wanna, the impl- the income is deferred. 
Okay. So there really shouldn't be but any aspect. I, I don't want to wait until I cash this in in 10 years and pay all the tax at once. I want to do it on a yearly basis. But that doesn't. Mm-hmm. there's nothing on Treasury Direct that tells you how much it is on an I-bond on a yearly basis. So what do you, what do, you well, do? Okay. You... Well, it actually does. If you go look at your account, you can see how much interest you've earned to date. And then you can keep track of that that way. But no, it doesn't show you on a year-by-year basis. And you really can't, I mean, unless you just keep a balance in your account with the IRS for future taxes, it seems that you'd probably be better off just keeping the money you might pay in taxes down the road in a savings account that earns 4%. If you're worried, yeah, if you're worried about being able to Uh, pay the bill. You should love the idea of getting deferred income. It just means you're making well, money on your money. For for some of us, uh, we are uh, right up against these. We're retired, and we're right up against these tax uh, limits. Uh, and and so you know we're being careful to to uh, yeah. not go over these. Yeah, like, but you uh, can't do anything about that because the taxes, even if you pay them ahead of time, they're still going to they're going to be owed. They're going to be. Uh, uh, only in the year you take the money out, you you can't you can't avoid it. You're trying to avoid something you cannot avoid. The way they are structured, when the when you sell the I bonds, that is when you'll owe the taxes, and that's when they'll show up on your 1099 as as taxable income. You can't avoid it. Much as you might want to, you can't do it. Oh, okay. I was just thinking I could pay. In advance, nope. so much. No, you could pay okay. in advance, but it won't it won't make any difference because it's still when you be take it out, it's still going to be taxable yep. income in that yep. year. So, and by the way, so thank you. I I didn't know this. Just another reason to own I bonds, I guess. Right there, you go. I didn't realize. Well, that. deferral's well nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interest rates still pretty good. It's going to get worse. It's getting worse. Eight five five nine three five talks. Our number. Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. We are here for you, (laughs) and we want you to call us because we like talking to you at 855-935-8255. What are you laughing about? I know I'm now known as the I-bond hater. I think it's funny. Yeah, you you're the rap. You're the annuity hater. I'm the I-bond hater. So oh, I guess everybody's got to have something. Don't get me started on annuities. That would be, that would be it for the show. Okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. Mary, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. He, my um, husband has recently passed away, so I've been trying to move, you know, take care of all of these loose ends and the last one that i need to do is he had a 401k in his work plan which was an 100 percent income conservative income fund so i have about three weeks where i have to move it and so i don't want to put it somewhere where there's going to be a big you know somebody gets a big commission or something for the privilege of holding my money so um i've got like a vanguard account i have um uh, through work, I have a 457B and a 401A, um, you know, it's a retirement account. And then um, so I'm just trying to figure out what to do with it just in the short term so that I can do some more work on figuring out where it should go or what I might want to invest it in. 
um, but I have to move it. And so what are your thoughts on that, just so that it can be put This somewhere. is definitely, this more, is parking. Yeah. Well, this is parking, though, she's what she's talking yeah. about. Yeah, but it's a little more complicated uh, to move a 401k as a survivor than it would be. Uh, anyway, so here's my suggestion. Um, you're going to need, number one, you're going to need to call the current uh, plan uh, sponsor and say, here's the situation. Number two, I would open, if you're already at Vanguard, I would probably, they're probably going to tell you this, but I would open an inherited IRA at Vanguard, simply move that over. They'll move it over. They're going to send a check. It's it's not going to come over as a security, I don't believe. And then you could just hold it there in the money market until you decide what you're going to do. That's not going to cost anything anything shouldn't be Zero. a penny the no. federal money market at vanguard by the way is paying about about four percent right now so it's a good parking place while you figure out how you want to invest that and vanguard may be the best place to also invest it after you've made those decisions and then make a call with you guys to maybe set up a time to have a big chat because i got to figure out what to do with all these little pieces so yep. that would be awesome yep. hey can i ask you one yep. more quick, quick question so if i had sure, sure. some money that i wanted to put into a cd because some of the rates are pretty amazing right now is that something that you would recommend if i really am not going to i'm not going to retire for a couple of years so i don't really need to do anything with it with uh, what are your thoughts on that you know, here's the thing. I mean, it sounds like you have a few moving parts. So for us just to say, go buy a CD, I don't know enough to know. Um, yes, CDs are, you know, like Don just mentioned, you could buy the money market and make four something. You could buy a CD paying somewhere in that same area. You could use a high yield savings account paying about the same amount. Of, so here's what I would do. And, and I'm very sorry about your husband. That is a horrible thing. I would kind of get all everything sort of figured out. Then I would say, I'm going to buy a CD with this account. I'm going to invest it this way. Look at all those. I think you called them small parts first. I would. Okay. Here's what you, because as you said, you have to get it moved. So get it moved. Just open the inherited IRA with Vanguard, get it moved, get it in the money market. And then you said something really important. Have a meeting with one of our advisors. Don't meet with some other advisor who's going to try and sell you something because they will. They all do. As a matter of fact, it's you know, we we we've we've got people we've worked with who say, well, what, what 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 why are we not selling them something? Because that's not what we do. It's really hard for some of the some some advisors to get over that sales orientation. But meet with one of our advisors and let them sit down and go through the portfolio and talk about what you might need to do to properly plan for the future of this money instead of just instead of just tossing it places because it feels like the right time to toss it there yeah great we thank you we wish you well take care of yourself yeah thanks mary appreciate it 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 lot to do when somebody goes yeah it's hard i mean and this is another thing that we always talk about in planning session is is and i hate to say it this way but you should always think about what the world's going to look like the day after you're not there to take care of it, because that's where it will be that way one day. And if you're the person in your family that takes care of all these things, you got a lot of responsibility because well, I mean, the good you got to make sure that's ready to go. Good news for me is that I'm not going. Yeah. So I don't. Well, there's that, me. and frankly, your wife may know more about money than you do. I don't know how to break. I, is that hard no, to say? No, no, no. She's know. a terrible okay. bill payer. <laughs> well, that may, well, that may be good, too. Don't yeah. pay him. Bye. He's yeah. gone. I can't pay it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Call us with your uh, issues with money. We'd love to help. 855-935-TALK. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. 
Okay, we're back, and we are glad to be back here talking real money with you. I'm Don McDonald, Tom Cox over there, 855-935-TALK is the phone number you need to get the information you need to do this stuff right, just as Joel is about to do. Hello, Joel. Welcome to the show. Show. I have uh, two basic questions. I have stuff both of Fidelity and Vanguard. I'm kind of biased to, to Vanguard, but I'm getting ready to retire. I want to condense accounts. Do you ha- which, which side of the house should I be dealing with? Mm. Wow, that's a big one. I mean, we've all heard about Vanguard service issues recently, but my, my thought is Fidelity is probably better there because they're built out more that way than Vanguard would be. And remember, Vanguard's the cheaper side of the house. How much work are you, I mean, how much help are you looking for from any custodian? Well, I, I'm going to have to come to you guys for a retirement plan because I'm getting close, probably mid-year. Uh, so, okay, but just to go back, I mean, so do you want the, one of those, do you want Fidelity or Vanguard simply to house your money, or do you want them to help the you money. with planning? Yeah. Do you want them to? Just to house the money. Yes, sir. Wow. I mean, that's I, I got to tell you. I don't think there's, yeah, hmm, I, don't, uh, I don't think I have one over the I, other. I'd pick Schwab before they'd pick either the other two, by the way. Yeah. I, I learned something interesting yesterday about Fidelity, and that was the ability to invest directly from your money market, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. But I heard that that's on the a podcast. Nice feature. Great but, podcast. But I, I got to tell you, I have for so long, this is going to be my, this is going to be my personal bias showing. I've always loved Vanguard. I love the, the the way their index products are structured, the fact that they have so many of them. They have so many index products, and they've really structured them in such a way that there are tax advantages now to mutual funds that didn't exist before. Good point. And, and so I'm I'm leaning Vanguard. That's my lean. Lean in Vanguard. Tom? I'm leaning Schwab. That wasn't one of the choices. I know. Fidel- I'm outside Fidelity the box. or Vanguard? Saying, think outside the box. All right. Vanguard okay. wins because he has no. Ch- he has. He's not playing. <laughs> Put it all in I bonds and get over it. No kidding. Don't do that either. Um, I don't have an. I don't really. Ha- I don't know either of them well enough as a custodian today. The only thing I do know is we hear complaints about Vanguard service. That phone service. Know. Their phone service yep. has been yep. atrocious. That I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So. It, I mean, it's not just hearing it; it's in the media. It's been it's been well True. publicized. They got to fix that. Um, and uh, if Jack Bogle was there, I can tell you some heads would be rolling. Jack yeah, would literally Jack would literally be on the phone himself. Yeah, he would be. He would be he on the phone. Level. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, he would say, "Everybody, all you execs, stop doing whatever stupid meetings you're doing. Answer and go yep. answer the phones." Uh, I don't know if the current management does that. They should. Uh, 855-935-TALK. I doubt it, too. 855-935-8255. Everybody's got their silo now. You can't leave your silo. Stay in your silo. Defend your silo. Have a meeting. Take a meeting. Just be be glad you're not working at Amazon and get fired by email, I guess. The most unproductive use of time, in my opinion, is the great American corporate meeting. Let's not make decisions when, okay, by but when, committee. Let's be honest now. When was the last time you had to go? I go to like nine a week I now or something. Tr- I, I have been asked, 
And yeah. I I politely Great refuse. Fully. Okay, there you go. That's better. Yeah, because yeah. I just because you're them. an introvert, you don't like to talk I hate to other them. people. No, it's I, I, I get so much more done, and I hate decisions made by committees. By the way, because they don't make decisions; they just sort of eh, okay. Let's create this stupid looking thing that. Uh. Anyway, one person. That's one your person. I should be in charge. Rant for the day. I That's should it. be in charge. You can make great decisions. You don't need input from anybody else. I don't need no right. stinking input. Eight five five nine three five. I do. Wait, I need callers' input because okay. I I actually like talking to you people. Use use people out there. Not those people in the meetings. Use people I like. Give us a call, 855-935-TALK. Uh, and remember, you can call that number 24-7, just as many do. And uh, we'll have some. We, we may have one of those for you in a minute if one of you don't call. I hear the, I hear the music. Good thing we heard the I music in time. Time's up. Yeah. 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 That's why I love bumper music, because it always alerts you that you've got to get out, <laughs> even though... We tend to get out late. 855-935-TALK, both of us. Tom and Don are talking real money. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. You, 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 you have time to call us at 855-935-TALK if you have a question about money. Hack, even if you don't. We don't care. Call us anyway. 855-935-TALK <laughs> is our phone number. We just like talking with you. 855-935-TALK. And that number gets answered, well, 24-7, but most of that time by a machine. Only on Saturdays does it get answered by a real person. Then it gets answered by a machine. And then people record their questions like this. Hey, guys. This is uh, Trevor from Dallas, Texas. I'm currently working on building my investment portfolio and I want to I have this idea where I could because I want to have an emergency fund where I could take the money that I'm putting into the emergency fund and instead of staying just in a high school savings account that I could do a ladder of four week T bill T bills where I'm buying a new T bill every week with a quarter of the money. Granted around it up to the highest hundred. What are your thoughts on this? Um, please let me know. And I'm curious as to what you think the yield is going to be on that. If it's actually going to be worthwhile loaning the money to the federal government on four week T bills on a rotational basis for the next two years in the ladder like that. Thanks. Love your show. What do I think? I think it sounds like a lot of work. That's just what I was um, going to say. Holy I, I don't know. cow. You know, that that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, okay, but then we're just, I think we mentioned this not that long ago. Number one, you can get in a high-yield savings account that's paying over four. Number two, you could get into a, basically, I think, a one-year CD that's paying about the same. Number three, you could get into a federal money market that's paying about four. Um, how much more are you going to make trying to figure out the, well, you know, right the short-term now, government debt? Right now, one-month T-bills are paying 466 Okay, so you're going to make oh, wow a half a. It's for a I lot know. of extra work. No. It just strikes yeah, me yeah, as I wouldn't do it a no. lot, mm -mm. and and I try to take that into account in my life, and it's something I think everybody should do. Absolutely, is what's the mm -hmm. cost in your time? What is your time worth? Steve and Rob. Uh, so you got to I, I again a lot of work, not enough return for the extra work would be my opinion. You agree? No, you concur? I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I concur because because you can get that basic interest rate 
a little less at so many places. Yeah, and a lot, a lot more easily. Steve, you're yeah. up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Thanks, uh, Steve from the Seattle area. Uh, my question hey, is What's related up? to trying to uh, get bonds uh, long term with a good interest rates. As you know, this is a new period. We finally have interest rates back where it used to be, and retired people uh, of my age could just clip their bonds and not worry about the stock market. So I believe in diversified bonds, but that's not going to lock you in probably for too long. So any advice? Yeah, don't do it. I mean, here's the thing. You look at what happened last year to long-term bonds. They got crushed. Could that happen again in the near future? Maybe not because rates have gone up so much, but it could happen. Here's the thing about bonds. Is my take. High quality, short to intermediate duration. And again, I don't know your individual situation, but in a general sense, I would just use a bond fund. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you could lock in right now on a 10-year treasury note. How much? 3.73%. 3.74%. That's pretty good. We just mentioned yeah, the, short term, lock, the short-term debt is better. Yeah, the short-term is paying a whole lot more. The yield curve is heavily inverted, which is yeah. why you can't find long-term bonds. The 30 years yield even less. Uh, so you could lock that yield in, but you have risks. Uh, and bear in mind that that yield guarantees you a loss to inflation. No, and it guarantees yeah, so, you a loss to inflation, though. For 10 years, yeah. Well, we don't know what inflation is going to be well, it does, it does down now. the road. Yeah, but, it does now. It does yeah. at current rates. Now you're getting crushed. So, um, I mean, you, that's the only way. You, if you want absolute safety, you can go with the Treasury notes or Treasury bonds, get out to 20 and 30 years. But you remember, if if rates go way up from there, those bonds are going to be a, a money loser when you try to get out of them. So we just don't, we don't try to predict interest rates. We would never do that because we think it's so foolish to try to do. It's, it's a, it's truly a fool's errand. So, uh, good luck. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Steve, you're next. Welcome to talking real money. No, that was Steve. We're I looking mean, at Rob now. Rob, I'm sorry. I'm Rob. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jetta. Thank you. Hi, gentlemen. And Marcus. So my wife hey. and I are both part-time workers, employed, and these are the, probably the last last year and this year will be the last two years that we've actually had earned income. So I'm trying to think about, does it make sense to sell? We just make enough money to cover our expenses. We're not making any extra right now. So since it's mm-hmm. our in, earned income year, does it make sense to sell some of our investments in a, in a taxable account? To roll into a Roth. Okay, I'm just trying to make sure I'm understanding. This is from a tax perspective. So, the rate, what rate, what is your current earned income rate? It's probably, um, it's probably going to be around 17, 15 to 17% federal. And do you have the do you have the the cash to pay the tax on that if you were to do it would be the other question. Yes, yes. We just don't have you know fourteen thousand dollars or whatever the value is for two people. And how old? To, how old are you, Rob? Not to get too personal, but how old are you? We need to know that. Six, so Sixty-seven. 
wife is 65. I, I guess I'm trying to figure out what mm. the advantage would be. I, I, well, I, then it grows tax-free. It grows tax-free. You're moving but, it from a taxable But it to sounds a to me like account. what's going to be your need for mm. income when you stop having earned income? What's your income going to look like after you retire? Well, it's, it's going to be um, our investments. Basically, I'll be pulling money out. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, is you're going to need to live off of that money. So you're not going to want to lock a bunch of money up in a Roth because you're going to need to derive income from these investments. How much is your total portfolio worth? Uh, $2.4 2.4. And so that'll generate for you reasonably safely about a little under $100,000 without without likely touching the principal. This is one of those areas, by the way, with a portfolio of two and a half million dollars, mid 60s. You should sit down and talk to somebody before you make any more moves like this that can look at it from an object, not to sell you something. I know, but an that's objective the problem. Opinion. You know, it's that hard is, to, it's hard to say. This, it's yeah. so hard to find people to do this. That's why we started doing it, because we keep telling people you need a plan because we, we we're just we're just acting based on the it's all seat of the pants investing. It's 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 all whimsical investing, and investing, particularly when you get to your sixties, has to be carefully crafted, and the plan has to be part of that. So, and again, if you go to talkingrealmoney.com, you click on which button? Meet an advisor. It's right there. Can't meet an it. advisor. So that'd be Can't my suggestion. We're going to try to squeeze squeeze Mark in, or no? Not? We're not. I okay, wish we sorry, could, Mark. but I'm looking at the clock, going here. Comes and you can the call the number back. Music, see? Yeah, you can call that number back and leave a message. We'll be glad to uh, yeah. to help. And sorry, we if you don't get a ticket to retirement, get it now. I'll say that too. Well, you were going to have, have a chance get it after now. the break. Ah, to do okay. That. I didn't know when. My you never tell me the. You know thing. how the show is formatted. How many have we done? Tom and Don are talking real money. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Now you can talk about retirement. As I was saying, tickets to the in-person retire meet are basically gone. But if you want one, basically get gone. it right now. Basically, Maybe you can gone. get it. Okay, basically. No, you'll get one. What's going no, to happen now is you're going to kind of go into that nebulous waiting land where, yeah, we, where I, because people will not for some reason people will pay money for a ticket and still not show up. They so do. There will yeah. be a few no shows, but a lot of those we'll are going to end up going to our clients because our clients get in for free. Indeed, retiremeet.com. And if you're listening on the podcast or if you don't want to come to see us in Bellevue, plenty of virtual seats. That's Saturday, the twenty fifth of done. February. Stop. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?